Welcome to another edition of Bright Voices. I'm John Hart, the co-founder of C3 Solutions, the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions, and I'm the editor of our news magazine, C3. Today, we're honored to be joined by Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, who's serving her third term as the representative of Arizona's 8th Congressional District. And Congresswoman Lesko serves on the House Energy and Commerce Committee and the Republican Steering Committee. She's also the co-chair of the Women in STEM Caucus, and she's a member of the Congressional Western Caucus and the Conservative Climate Coalition. Congresswoman, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having me, John. You bet. So tell us a little bit about your district, just to, to give us an orientation. What is the Arizona 8th District makeup? Sure. I represent portions of Phoenix. So the western part of Phoenix, the northern part of Phoenix, and the suburbs northwest of Phoenix and north of Phoenix. Right. And so it's it's a fairly conservative district, if I if I'm remembering. It's about an R plus 10. And and something that's notable, I think, is you you've made the step to join the Conservative Climate Caucus. And what how has that been received in your district? Well, people are appreciative that I care about energy issues because energy is so vital to every aspect of our lives. I mean, we need it for our modern economy. In my congressional district, uh, they're building the new Taiwan semiconductor plant uh, in North Phoenix. And so obviously that takes a lot of energy. Everything takes energy. People want to make sure that when they their air conditioner works and when they turn on the light switch, the lights work. So they care about it. They don't want uh, a repeat of California where they have rolling blackouts or brownouts. And so they want me to make sure that their energy bills are low, that their gasoline prices get lower, because right now it's at $5.02 a gallon uh, for gasoline. And they don't want uh, California policies. Right. And, you know, one of the things that's been interesting about this debate is the media narrative has been for a long time that Democrats are the ones who, quote, care about the environment. They care about stewardship. And what I've seen is, is that your leadership and other and other Republicans are saying, no, we actually care about stewardship just as much. We just think it's stupid to do things like ban gas stoves. So can you can you tell us about your your effort to protect the rights of consumers to have gas stoves and and not just that, but why is that actually good for the environment and good for the economy long term? Well, you know, I have a bill that's called Save Our Gas Stoves, and it was needed because the Biden administration is trying to ban gas stoves as we know it. They have implemented through the Department of Energy a rule, a proposed rule, that even their own data said would effectively ban 96% of all existing gas stoves. And that's wrong. It takes away consumer choice. I mean, the Biden administration has an all-out war against American-made natural gas, which, by the way, is the cleanest natural gas in the entire world. And uh, they are trying to use every single agency to eliminate American-made natural gas. And it's wrong because in Arizona, the vast majority of our electricity comes from natural gas power plants. And so we need natural gas. It's clean. Next, we have nuclear and then hydroelectric and then uh, coal and then solar. 
and we don't have a lot of wind. So natural gas is part of the mix of an all of above energy solution and eliminating natural gas stoves is just wrong. And so I wanna save consumer choice and uh, be able for people to have natural gas stoves. Now, the Biden administration isn't stopping just at gas stoves. Mm -hmm. They're going after our refrigerators. They're going after our microwaves. They're going after our washing machines, our dishwashers. They're even going after battery chargers like are used for, let's say, uh, electric toothbrush. <laughs> you know, so pretty soon, none of our stuff is going to work adequately. Uh, that's what the manufacturers have said. If Biden uh, administration has their way, uh, our appliances won't work. Well, yeah, you know, I think with an issue like a, a washing machine is something I've read too, is that some of the rules, they they don't allow the machine to fully complete the cycle. So the clothes get moldy, you have to wash them again. Is that is that good for the environment to, to run their washing machine twice? <laughs> No, you know, and what since we're talking about water and washing machines, it made me think of uh, something related. And that's what they have all these policies where they don't want water to be used for a washing machine. Yet there's all, I went to the Phoenix airport and the Washington, D.C. airport uh, in my flight over here yesterday. And they have these automatic toilets, right? And so I'm in the stall and it flushed three times, three times. <laughs> and I was just standing there. And so they're wasting a lot of water. It's, it's really hypocritical to tell you the truth. It's all about power. It's all about government knows best. That's a Democrat philosophy. And so one of the reasons that I'm involved in the conservative, conservative climate caucus is because it's important that people realize that Republicans care about the environment, but we also care about providing reliable, affordable energy, because that's vital to everything that we do in our households and in our economy. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you've seen this, but we did a report, uh, we do it every year called Free Economies Are Clean Economies. And it was written by Nick Loris, who was at the Heritage Foundation for years. But what Nick did is he looked at all the countries and their economic freedom score and overlaid it with their environmental performance, according to the Yale Index. And we found that countries that embrace economic freedom are twice as clean as countries that don't. So I think in our country, what's what's so bizarre is we're moving away from these economic freedom policies that have developed the, the cleanest forms of energy in the world today. And we're actually, we're moving backwards. The, the progressives are the regressives, I think, in the climate space. Would you agree with that? I, I do. I mean, America has the cleanest energy there is. And so the Biden administration is, for whatever reason, against American-made energy, but then goes to OPEC, goes to Venezuela and begs them to produce more oil. All of their policies, when they say they want all electric vehicles or they want energy produced just by solar and wind, all they're doing is enriching China. And so instead of it called green energy, Steve Scalise has called it red energy because it's all going to come from China. Because as you know, most of the solar panels are built in China right. and most of the batteries, the lithium ion batteries are built in China. And so we're just becoming more reliant on China. And it just puzzles me why the Biden administration and the Democrats want to do that. It doesn't make sense at all. 
I want American-made energy and supporting American energy jobs, not China. Right. And and to underscore that point is our environmental record is much is far superior to China's. And you know, one of my mentors actually was was Reagan's National Security Council advisor on environmental policy. And they identified over 40 years ago that let's use environmental issues to to defeat the Soviet Union because our record is so far superior. And I feel like we've we've forgotten that lesson of history. And uh, You're right. And as you know, as you point out, if we're more reliant on China, China is adding coal powered energy plants. And so that's dirty, you know, that's dirtier than our energy plants here in the United States. So basically, the Biden administration and the Democrats, through their all solar and wind energy policies, are helping not only helping China, hurting the United States uh, energy jobs. But they're also polluting the world more. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And that's why I think it's really important that Republicans engage in this conversation, because I think most people have common sense. And so like in Arizona, a lot of people don't understand the solar industry. They just say, oh, there's a lot of sun, right? But they don't understand where the solar panels are made. What are we going to do with the solar panels when they're done using them? They don't understand the cost difference. They don't understand that solar energy is intermittent energy and that we need baseload energy and that every time the sun goes down, that you need the gas, natural gas powered energy plants to ramp up the power so that when people come home at 6 p.m. at night in the summer and they want to turn up their uh, air conditioning cooler or they turn on their lights that they have the power that they need. Right. Well, that, that doesn't seem very controversial, but it is. So, and one thing that's, that's fascinating is, is Republicans, I think, have really come a long way in, in challenging this narrative that Democrats are, are the only people that, quote, care about stewardship. Like, I, I have a farm. I don't know a single conservative who doesn't believe very deeply in the idea of stewardship, of leaving the world better off than you found it. And and I think what HR one I want to talk about that for a minute is that was a very historic significant bill, where Speaker McCarthy, uh, with your leadership and a lot of other members, decided we're going to we're going to tell the country what we're for. We're for American energy. We're and we're for doing it in a way that's cleaner. That's going to lead to all these innovations that make the environment uh, cleaner over, over the long term. What what is your? I guess maybe you could reflect on on. Why why call it HR1? And where do you see the outlook for that legislation now that it's passed the House and is languishing in the Senate? Well, in Congress, historically, the Speaker of the House sets aside um, the first 10 bills and gives them a priority. So they number them HR1 through 10. Well, number one is normally the most important high priority bill that we're going to pass out of the U.S. House of Representatives. So it's very significant that we passed H.R. 1 out of the U.S. House of Representatives, and it's to support and unleash American-made energy. Because as you know, ever since President Biden has been in office, uh, his policies have have caused the cost of living to go up. Gasoline prices have gone up. People simply can't afford to live anymore. I mean, seriously, in Phoenix, you go to the gas pump, 
It's $5 a gallon for regular unleaded. This is not premium. In fact, diesel costs less in Phoenix. It's really? $4.50 a gallon uh, in Phoenix. And regular unleaded is $5 a gallon. People can't afford this, if they're, especially if they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And, and so- Yeah, and it's important to note that gas yes. prices disproportionately hurt lower income Americans. Isn't that true? That's definitely true. I mean, I can see it in my own kids. My own kids, um, you know, sometimes live paycheck to paycheck and it hurts them when they have to drive an hour in traffic across Phoenix to go to their jobs and fill up their gas tanks. I mean, this is this is something they think about and they have less disposable income or some people obviously don't have the money for the gas and so then they can't work. So it's this is very important. Energy is so basic to our economy. And uh, so I am so glad that we passed HR1. Now, HR1 had one of my bills in it, which I was happy that they included one of my bills. And that was basically condemning uh, President Biden for shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline, which would have brought um, uh, oil uh, from Canada down to the refineries uh, so that we could use it. And now they're trucking it, you know, they're trucking the oil, which causes more pollution. None of these policies that the Biden administration has on energy make any sense to me. And that's why I'm glad we passed HR1. Yeah. And I know, on, on, I know you've got to run in a couple of minutes, but on the international side, I think it's really important that you were supportive of Republicans going and participating in the conversation at the UN Climate Summit. Our, I, I think you weren't able to go this past year, but you encouraged your colleagues to go. Yeah. Our organization was there. Not not this year, but in Glasgow, just before Russia invaded Ukraine, and we were making the case that this is we have a, a completely insane energy policy because what Europe did is what the Biden administration is is trying to do, which is to to essentially lie to the public and say we're going to quote go green, but all we're doing is outsourcing and shifting where we're buying fossil fuels from. And what Europe did is they they shut down their their nuclear plants, their coal plants, so they and gas, and they bought it from Russia. And then Russia literally used that energy and that money to invade another country. And we're all paying the price price for that now. So, do you absolutely, see absolutely, and it's important for Republicans to engage. And that's why we went to the conference. We went to COP. And uh, and it's important for us to be there that our voice is heard. And I think people were pleasantly sometimes surprised that Republicans were engaged because we care. We care about the climate. We care about the environment. But we also care about helping people and making sure that we have affordable and reliable energy in the United States and that we support American energy jobs. Well, Congressman, thank you so much uh, for your time. We'd love to have you back on. And uh, we're going to be following all these debates closely, particularly the gas stove issue. And hopefully there won't be other, hopefully you won't need to uh, do the same bill on other appliances. But uh, well, I, I think I'm going to. So my uh, Save Our Gas Stoves bill is going to move out of the Energy and Commerce Committee uh, next week. And it will be heard uh, next week. And I, I told my staff, I think we need to do is save our refrigerators, save our washing machines, save our dishwasher, save our microwaves, save our toothbrush, uh, electric toothbrush bills. And it, because it's 
this is silliness, is absolute silliness. And people kind of laugh when they hear the title of my bill, but then they get it right away, right? And they're like, yeah, I don't want my gas stoves taken away. What what right does the government have to tell me what kind of stove I have? So this is what we're up against. It'd be quite a quite a montage. It could even be an omnibus bill. You could have sort of the appliance omnibus that. <laughs> yeah. Save our kitchen. There we go. <laughs> well, well Congresswoman, on that note, I'll, I'll let you go. And, and uh, uh, best of luck to you. And we'll be following this closely. Thank you very much, John. You take care. <laughs>